Good day, stoners, and welcome to another episode of the Turning Stones podcast. On today's episode, it's part three of a three-part series talking all things bodybuilding with the returning guest, Michael Can't Tell Me. Now, if you enjoyed parts one and two, which I'm sure you would have, part three does not disappoint. It's really good. And we talk a lot of things about bodybuilding that's probably not well-renowned, probably not that's publicized enough. And that's all to do with what happens after a bodybuilder has finished competition. So we talk all about reverse dieting, um, post-comp, and basically the deload season, and everything in between. It's really interesting stuff, something that it's probably not as easily accessible online, but Michael can't tell me he's gone through it many times, um, and to him, it's probably just as important in this uh, reverse dieting, post-season slash bulking phase as it is in any other sort of component in bodybuilding. So strap yourself in, stoners, um, charge up your devices, and get ready to some really good quality audio candy. See you soon. Just before we get stuck into today's episode, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Introducing Loyal Olive Oil. Grown in Virginia, South Australia, the Loyal Grove is blessed with a Mediterranean-like climate and rich nutrient soil. The first press of these freshly harvested olives is now in market. For cooking, marinating, dressings, or even as a spread, the possibilities are endless. L-O-I-L, Loyal Olive Oil. Your quest to find the best ends with Loyal. Find them on Instagram at Loyal Olive Oil. What are you hydrating with? Uh, Sugar-free cordial. Sugar-free cordial. No yeah. uh, BCAAs in there, or no, no, no. They they get they get like a little expensive after a while. Okay, <laughs> that still gets the job done. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just like it's just to fill the uh, water void. I think it just is that so water you can just gets like drink a little more water. Uh yeah, and just because it just tastes tastes nice. Really, yeah. like, like I don't drink liters and liters of it. It's just like, like a little bit throughout the day. It sort of helps me curb that kind of sweet, sweet craving too. Beautiful. Anyways, yeah. Michael, welcome back to the Turning Stones podcast, part three of a really um, one of my favourite series I've done in this podcast. Um, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you very much for coming back. Just to just before we get started, um, just letting everyone know if you haven't done so already, please listen to part one and two of our um, three-part series about bodybuilding with uh, Michael Can't Tell Me. Um, thank you very much for coming. Part one was all about bodybuilding in general, what he likes to do, what he actually does, um, and obviously with his expertise, a few bits and pieces. Part two was all about his preparation for a competition that was, I think it was in August or September 2021. We talked about it yep. then, um, and obviously his build-up to it, and obviously what happened uh, with you know peak week and competition day, and that was very interesting. But, you know, it's all well and good to talk about bodybuilding in general and then competitions, but then what happens once the competition is over? So that's what today's episode's about. It's all about the off-season. First and foremost, that's, you know, it's enough talking about me. Michael, how are you going? Good. Thank you, Terry. Thank you again for um, um, having me. I'm pumped. No worries. Let's go. Let's do it. So do it. August, September last year, I don't know exactly when it was. I'm sure you can tell me the dates, but 
you obviously had your competition um, in this particular SA Classic Physique 2021. You came third, really great effort, um, considering, you know, going through a pandemic, the extra preparation that you've done. I actually think that your physique was probably better than it ever has been. Um, but nonetheless, to walk away in a placed position, to walk away with a medal, I think you've got to be over the moon with that. And even, you know, a few months post and removed from that competition. Um, do you ever look back and reflect? Yeah, yeah. No, I think um, I, I was super happy with that because I, I personally know that um, that I thought my physique was better than the last two comps that like I've, that I had done. And it's just it's a sport, unfortunately, where you just don't know who's going to sh- show up. You might have 10, 10 people showing up. You might have one. You might have uh, somebody new that, you know, n- nobody else knows rock up that you know n- nobody's ever seen and he's just a genetic freak that yep. rocks up and you know we can't help 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 that but what i guess we can can control is how good we 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 look and i was super happy with how i looked compared to my comp in 2019 so yeah like overall it's a win but walking or walking away with an actual medal that that was awesome that was absolutely yeah, definitely a good good thing and, you know, it's good to see as well, like on your social media, especially Instagram. And uh, I think I let everyone know last time uh, your handle, which is at Mickey underscore C92. So for anyone that hasn't had a sus, please do yourself a favor. Give him a follow. Um, have a look at, you know, some of his pictures. It's it's full of just meal prep, um, the occasional Flex Friday, uh, hashtag Flex Friday, which he loves it. And that was that close to around just after the competition? That was actually day of. That was actually the the night of my comp. That, oh wow! That comp there, yeah. So I finished. I basically finished up, which I'm which I'm sure that we'll like get into now. But basically yep. finished up around about twelve o'clock the after the afternoon. Went home, sh- showered, had like a little bit of food, and then basically went straight uh, to Norwood and had a um, a um, photo photo shoot. So and you know what? Well worth it. So. I was just gonna say you still got the tan on. Oh You're yeah. Pretty much in the best possible physical condition you could ever be because it's day of the comp why not actually you know save us some photos and, and get and capture it uh for the memoirs or even just you know for later down the track when you want to compare uh seasons um i guess or years you know comparing yourself yeah. of how you went with 2019 or 2021 or even whatever holds for the future as well if you're to compete again um because oh, i think I we covered that in part two where you weren't sure if you're ever going to go to compete again but you know i think you'll definitely get that itch that you'll want to scratch 100 percent the 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 thing i would say with a um with a um photo shoot it's just about you like you said you're in that comp shape you're in probably the best shape you're ever going to be in and just in case you are never in that shape again you want to try and take as many photos as as you can and uh it's it's a it 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 it, it is an expense but i think it's definitely one that's worth it oh exactly the the memory is definitely worth it completely agree so yeah just you know, scrolling on your um, Instagram profile, and don't want to make you embarrassed, but you know, you've got a lot of flex shots um, where you're looking in phenomenal physique. You got a lot of meal prep, a lot of workout videos as well, which is good. Which you're actually um, pretty much implementing proper form um, with some good equipment there. Uh, obviously, you're going to a pretty good gym with most free weight and machine equipment there. Um, do you want to give a shout out to the gym you go to? Yeah, yeah. Shout out, um, Derriments. Derriments, twenty four seven. Yes, mostly that's uh, the Winds, Windsor Gardens Derriments. Okay, so so the Windsor Garden Derriments twenty four seven gym, I believe, is the one with the sauna. Uh, they all do actually. Norwood okay. has one. Norwood has one as well now. Um, yep. 
I don't know about the other ones because the other ones are a little bit further out than my side, but yes. uh, Norwood and Windsor both definitely do, yes. Do you ever go for a nice steam afterwards after a workout? <laughs> I never I never have because I don't know whether to go there, whether to use it after my workout or yes. before or just go there just for a specific session. And then do I go there and then do I have to do I have, to have a shower after? Do I? No, I just yeah, not sure. Yeah. I just probably have. There, yeah. Probably definitely have to have a shower after because you'll be sweating like. Yeah, a, but do I do I do it there or do I do it at home? That's what I don't know yet. So. Okay. Yeah. Know, sure. that's, that's the other <laughs> issue as well. Is maybe guess, maybe one day. Well, that, that's interesting. If anyone out there is a um, you know, <laughs> yeah. sauna or a steam room you know expert or aficionado, is hit, it good to do it before up. a workout to warm up the muscles? Is it good to do post workout? But the only problem is if you're doing it post workout. You know, that's a probably a very critical time to refuel and hydrate. But if you're yes. doing a sauna, you're probably losing a lot more liquids. So, yeah, I don't know how that all works. I mean, it's I nice and relaxing. That, I enjoy I doing th- steam sessions. Oh, I would think it's just a separate thing if you could go I there on so. a separate from your workout. I think that's probably probably your best bet. But, yes, if there's any ex- experts, do hit me up and uh, let me know. <laughs> I was just going to say, you probably could go to Derrimut's for a quick little pump session, get the bicep veins popping, go into the sauna, and then yeah. uh, because obviously it's dehydrating you even more, the vascularity you have when you walk out would be phenomenal. Absolutely. Then you should get a photo shoot, sure. mate. <laughs> <laughs> I should. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, you've got the meal prep stuff here and all that sort of stuff. So, it's, it's really good content. Um, so, yeah, if uh, if you're bored on Instagram, or just do yourself a favour and, and, and give them a follow and check it out. But, uh all things off-season today, Mickey. So pretty much, I think we should start right from the top. Pretty much yep. off-season starts as soon as competition finishes, uh, pretty much. And I remember alluding to this in part two of our three-part series where we were talking about competition, where the day of and after you finish, you know how you've always, I guess, once you, when you're doing strict dieting and you're clean eating, occasionally some thoughts might pop into your head, oh, craving a greasy burger or, you know, just um, – cheesy slices of pizza like they might pop in that's just human nature what did you do straight after was there like a go-to meal i think we did discuss this but i think you said that you just couldn't eat a lot like or something like that like what what were the emotions and, and what did you do straight after competition all right so the day of the of the comp i'll, I'll just i'll just give a bit of a summary on that of that weekend okay yeah so after uh, after the comp came home didn't didn't want to eat a ton because i had the the um photo shoot scheduled for that night so didn't didn't want to feel bloated didn't want to eat eat sort of too much food so i think i think i might have had some eggs on toast i reckon that was it just saying rural light yep. uh, went off to my shoot and then that night uh i went to grilled so grilled burger and like burger and um 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 chips is is my go-to meal that's that's my favorite cheap meal i guess yes that's, um definitely the go-to meal and like a grilled i like because it's not so greasy and like it's just not too much it's 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 just like going a beef nice, burgers or chicken nice chicken my go-to there is the sweet chili chicken burger that's that's Sounds my, pretty good. My, my go-to sweet uh, potato fries or normal no chips? regular regular chips yeah funnily funnily enough they just just uh they're, they're actually the sweet sweet potato chips are actually more calories than the regular ones so if any of your when it comes to deep frying then yeah all right there you go yeah there there, there you go so uh and then on that night i also went to cold rocks and i had a couple of scoops scoops of ice cream as well and that and i was sort of content with that because you gotta remember the 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 I think I think that we covered this in part two as well. The last couple of days before my show, my carb up 
process is rice cakes, jam, and honey. So yeah, 15 I, rice I, cakes or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so ridiculous. I, pretty, <laughs> I, had, I had quite a bit of sort of sweetness in those few days leading up to the comp in kind yep. of one big hit. So I wasn't really craving anything sweet. It was more just something savoury. And um, to me, to me, the part I was missing the most was just going out and not having to weigh my food and track yes. it. It wasn't so much the food. It was just more a bit of freedom, I guess. Um, so, you know, going out with the missus on that night for dinner, not having to, to, to weigh any weigh out anything was kind of what that was all about. Yes, for me. And then uh, the following day, Sunday, I've pretty much got straight back on it. I pretty, pretty, pretty much got straight back on it. And what, what, what that sort of looks like for for me from the lowest calories that I was at, which was about eighteen hundred, I want to say, like on on that last week, we I immediately add in about three hundred calories, so about twenty one. Yes. And then I basically restart my diet then and i basically go up about two to three hundred calories every week oh wow till i'm happy with the sort of weight gain body composition that i'm at but we can like dive into that a little bit more now yeah definitely so um obviously the days after um you start gradually increasing your calories because i'm guessing you know for a normal human being i think what the energy expenditure is usually around 2200 calories a day um or thereabouts just i mean every human beings different depending on your size, your gender, all that sort of stuff, and obviously your physical activity. But yeah. for you, even if you're sitting down, pretty much 18, 1,800 calories is as deficit as it is. And I'm guessing at the same time you were working out, so you were expending more, a lot more cardio. than you were ingesting. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's phenomenal. And how long are you on 1,800 calories for? Uh, I wasn't on that for that long. That was really probably the last week. So probably yeah. from four weeks out, I dropped down to about 2,000, and then it was sort of 1,900, 1,800. And I actually reckon on the last week, there was a couple of days where I was on about 1,600. Four. A couple of days, yeah. That, But then the, the sort of few days bef- before the comp, when you when you, when you you do your, your um, carb up, I mean, that was prob- probably around about 2,700, 2,800 cows. So yep. it's quite a, quite a big jump the other way. Mm. And so, you know, but getting, I guess after – three or four weeks getting used to those sort of low calories, how hard is it to actually start to ingest and start eating more calories? Is it actually difficult? Uh, not not really because you are you are hungry. Like you're definitely yes. a hungry person. But um, no, no, short answer is no. It's, 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 not, it's not hard. If you stick to primarily the same foods, it's just your body, you're eating the same amount, the same foods, food types. It's just increasing the like – quantities but it's only by a little bit we're not throwing in sort of five six hundred calories a week it's okay. kind of 200 calorie increments a week is it easier to get used to it is it easier to increase the volume or just to put more calorie dense foods in like for example sort like say you want to you're having your normal chicken breast and rice you can still yeah. have that on 1800 calories or you can still have that on say 2600 calories except the difference might be you're putting a few sauces with that meal mm-hmm. um or like for example when you're having your afternoon banana hypothetically you just have like a, a tablespoon of peanut butter with that banana you know just you're adding those little calorie dense foods where yeah. it's still not making you feel super bloated but you're obviously increasing calories. Is it, are they those little tricks that you can use? You you can if you're someone that needs that kind of sweet craving or you prefer nicer tasting foods. Yes, but I'm I'm someone that I still sort of like those basic foods. So for me, it's more of a, a volume thing. I'm trying to get as much food as I can. Okay. 
in those in those calories. So for me, it's it's just it's just a, it's just um, like increasing oats and increasing rice and increasing those foods that I already was eating, right up until about that sort of 27, 2800 cal mark, because that's that's when I when I start to feel sort of comfortable and sort of a little bit more normal. Yep. From there, once we push a little bit higher then it's then it's then it's then it's those extra little sort of treats like your yeah cereals and your extra fruits and your um maybe an extra cereal bar like here and there yeah definitely cool so all right so once you finish your competition do you give yourself or your body a rest for a few days like do you like just say all right i'm gonna have three four days away from the gym um i'm just gonna probably try to return my diets back to some sort of normality what's the workouts looking like a week post like that week post um that competition um in terms of this off season how does that all work do you give your body a break uh short answer is no um to be completely honest it's it's the intensity drops down for for like probably a week or so um so you know instead of maybe doing 24 25 sets per workout it, it, it might be 18 or 19 sets so the the overall volume drops but to be honest it feels good to be in the gym at, at that point without having this goal kind of hanging over you without having this kind of almost pressure yeah feeling like you're kind of just training for yourself now and, and actually having a bit of fun i'm supposed i suppose as yeah well. and if i'm to be really honest the the tan lasts really well for a probably probably a week so it looks really really good when you're yeah when you're sort of training exactly honest <laughs> yeah no no mess definitely so yeah at yeah. this point you're reducing the volume of what you're doing at the gym so that it's not as intense are your splits still the same still going in same schedule same time yep. of day everything you're keeping everything the same you're just yeah, not going to the nth degree as what you were correct and i'm generally not training six six days a week generally it's five Okay, and no, what, are, what about the weights? One day. Are the weights lighter, more reps? Like, what are you doing in, t- in terms of those types of things? So no, nah, because sort of towards the end of the comp, you fairly you you sort of get fairly weak. Like that's just that's just yep. you know how it is. So the weights, I guess, with a bit of extra food, you've probably got a little bit of extra energy. So like, if anything, the weights are actually going up a little bit. Okay, cool. At, at that point, because you've you've just got that little bit of bit of extra food in you uh you've you've got a little bit less pressure from the um comp your um my um uh cardio definitely tapers down um like almost immediately so you sort of have a little bit more energy from doing a bit less less um um cardio so no no so the 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 weights do actually go up oh wow i think think on that week not 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 drastic drastically but you know definitely a little bit for sure Cool. So I'm guessing there the, the few weeks after that, then as you said, your cardio tapers off. Yeah. And now that you don't have any competitions or anything aligned, unless you know you do. Um, yeah. But if you don't have any specific goals in mind, how do you now set your schedule? Like, what is the normal Michael can tell me workout rate regimen right now? It's still postseason for you. Um, are you in a bulking, shredding phase? Like, what are you actually? Are you in a maintenance phase? Well, what's actually happening right now? So especially yeah. when you've got no competition how do you set yourself uh, what kind of goals and targets do you set um so i i so i um i i i am in a quote-unquote bulking phase now it's you know that's this is this is the time to sort of gain muscle and gain and try and try and i guess gain a little bit of size uh 
so if I ever do compete compete again, we'll you know obviously be a little bit heavier in that. But um, as far as now, it's just a purely just an in like an in, like an enjoyment factor. Yeah. Uh, that's that's one. Two is I'm definitely trying to get stronger on certain 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 lifts too. Yes. Um, I guess it's it's a good time time to try out new splits and and new routines. It's a good time to you know try different exercises and things. Um, but as far as the the gym is just such a part of my routine that like it, it, I just do it because I love it and it's just um it doesn't slow down because I don't have a don't have a comp on. Um, it, it's still always going to be a part of it, but yes, I am in a in in a fairly significant calorie surplus now, which I've which I've been building up since 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 my comp. Yep. Uh, training is still at five five days a week. Um, I still keep my steps in every day, so I still keep my um ten ten thousand steps per day, and I find that just helps with appetite. That's it's obviously good for like uh, cardio, cardiovascular health, um, and especially when like the, the weather's like this, it's kind of um, it's just nice to you know get out and walk, I guess. Yeah, so definitely. That's kind of where I'm at, where I'm at now. But if there's anything specifically you want to c- cover in there, let me know. Well, I'm just I'm just curious. Uh, are you doing the same exact workouts as you were, whether you're training for a comp? Like the exact same. So hypothetically, I don't know what your schedule is like, but is it like are you still doing chest Mondays like you were before? Um, or are you changing things up completely just to see and do a bit of trialing and error? Like, what are you actually doing now compared to what you were? Like, what's changed? As, what's apart changed? from the six days a week to yep. now five, what else has changed? Probably um, the, the overall volume when I was in prep, this certain coach that I was with had had me on a fairly high volume program, meaning I was, I was doing about 25 to 30, 30 sets per per workout which yep. is which which is high um at the moment i probably sit at around about 21 about 21 sets per 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 workout so obviously a lot less but i'm trying to push those weights a little bit higher so I'm, yes i'm probably doing where i would normally do four four sets i might be doing two sets but i'm definitely i've got i've got a target of uh trying to hit a certain weight so i'm trying yes. to essentially get stronger okay. i guess in, yeah, in definitely. Not sure. Yeah, I think you know strength training versus um, atrophy training, or like you know trying to build yep. muscle and look you know aesthetic. Sometimes they go hand in hand. Really, if you think about it, like if you're strong, you're going to show definition. But then there's also another way you can work out where it's all about atrophy, just for the looks of it. Um, yep. So you now you're not worried so much about the looks. It's just more so about the strength and the building of the muscle. Really correct, because I think. This this is going to have big carryover to yes. the next time you do cut down. We're going to be cutting down with a lot more muscle on your frame because obviously a stronger m- muscle is a, um, a bigger muscle. So yes, you know, I guess in th- in theory, when we do diet back back down again, we should be bigger. So yeah, yes, yeah, most definitely. That's, that's, so yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Do you do any like supersets or giant sets now? Uh, not was oh, that too much cardio? Nah. It's <laughs> no, it's 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 not it's not so much uh, the cardio aspect. I feel like if I do that, it really smashes the whole recovery thing because because yeah. in, in this off season, if 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 we are trying to focus on getting stronger, 
recovery does have to t- have to play a massive massive part like we we do want to you you want to go into every session pretty 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 much not sore you want to go in there with a lot of energy and ready to kind of hit those you know pbs prs and i feel like giant sets and all that they just they fatigue you so yes. much and i feel like the sort of the 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 pro, if you're weighing up pros and cons it's it's just not as viable as just doing straight kind of sets and it becomes a lot easier it becomes a, a lot easier to track your workouts if you're just keeping your workouts very very s- simple too it's just very easy to say right i did 100 for 10 and you know to come in the week after and say right well i need to hit either 100 for 11 or i need to do 105 for 10. Yes. Um, I feel like if you're doing giant sets and that, it becomes a lot harder to kind of track because what if you don't do the exercises in the same order? What if you don't mm. do them in the same part of the workout? Uh, what if that gasses you for the next exercise and you don't get to go as hard kind of thing? Yeah. I don't correct. know. It's just, I feel like it's an extra variable that's sort of not needed in an off season. Do, in my do you opinion. ever find – yeah, so like for what you do um, and you specifically, you don't yep. find benefit for them, but – you always see them or back in the day magazines, but now it's more so like websites and articles uh, online that they're always advocating for supersets and giant sets. Who are they actually targeted for? Do you think that's more of a um, something that should be part of someone's weight loss regimen? You know, like obviously if someone's uh, overweight, um, not only is it you know good to dial in on your diet to lose that weight but also to complement that with exercise to really burn off those calories and get to the desired weight as possible do you think when it comes to the exercising part to do giant sets and supersets is more so for the cardio elevates the heart rate burning more calories is that who it's more for as opposed to someone like yourself i th- i think so i think it plays a role first of all people that are short on like on um time say if you only have half half an hour to work out that yep. obviously hugely b- b- beneficial there I've, i reckon they're for as as well they're very handy for people that are just not interested in becoming sh- like really sh- strong like they're just they 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 want to g- g- want to just go in there and get the best pump possible they want to s- they want to fatigue they want to um just just maybe it's it's kind of those more for cardio that, and, and yeah and, and for people that don't don't get to train that many times a week and i guess they just want to pack as much as they can into one one or two sessions instead of five yes. um i think it suits those 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 people well but you know but there are people out there as well that in their off season they will incorporate them and they work well i'm just saying for me personally i, I find that after doing them for a couple of weeks i just i, I just start sort of getting you know sore elbows sore knees yes. and and the very thought of you know doing a squat super setting with, with with like a leg 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 press just like it, it, it just it's just to me that's oh, overly taxing i was so, just gonna say it, it would gas you um, out and then i think the yeah. next time you, you're gonna go around for another set it, you wouldn't be as optimal as what you should be yeah and and speaking of that, you know how you just said that you'd love to go into every workout session, every time you go to the gym, you want to feel refreshed and recovered as possible. So it's all well and good between sessions, which could be, you know, a day at a time or two days in, in two days time. How about in between each set? How like does your rest period between each sets change between on and off season? Um, like and, and roughly how long do you take in between sets as a rest time? 
so they they don't change between on season and off season they do change between exercises so if we're doing like a big sort of compound movement like a squat a deadlift or a bench they're probably around two minutes rest timing but if but if but if i'm doing something like like a dumbbell curl or like a lateral raise that's not very fatiguing that's more of like a like an isolation exercise not really a compound yes it's probably anywhere from 60 to 90. Okay, cool. Ne- never usually lower than like sixty. I always want at least a minute minute rest. At, yeah. at, at least, yeah. And I'm guessing when you're at your when you're doing your workout, you're pretty much in the zone. You're not on your phone in between sets and you know scrolling the news feed because I'm sure you know if you if you, something grabs your attention and you want to read it and then your rest period goes to four or five minutes, even though like that next set you probably could push pretty well because you're recovered. I don't mm-hmm. think it's great for um, the momentum of the workout. Well, well, it's not. Yeah, you're right for that as well. But then you got to think when you go into that workout again next week, if you do stick to those rest to those rest times, you know, correctly, that's not going to be a very. It's not going to be comparable to last last week because last week you had this extra rest. You might have lift he- lifted heavier. Now you're you're doing it with the correct amount of rest, and you can't push that same way it's it's yes. it's just one of those variables that you're kind of playing around with that it, it just makes it a little bit harder to to track progress correct so you mentioned that you went from six days to five days you're on five days yep. now which day did you cut out and which exercises were cut out and have how have you slotted them in between because i'm guessing you're, you have, yep. you're not skipping any muscle groups you're still doing everything it's just you're cramming it into five days instead of six so what's the change between six and five days um, so one is just well, obviously the reason for it is just is is the extra re- recovery. Um, for me, my rest days are Monday and Thursday, and that just works out well because it's two days on, one day off, three days on, one day off. So yep. that's just kind of like a nice way to to space it out. Um, I d- I don't like having my rest days on the weekend because I don't work. I have more time. That's when I actually can. You, you know sleep in and actually rest a lot a lot more so um i do i do like like training saturdays and um sundays but um as far as the workouts go basically i just dropped i dropped the extra leg leg day and i would and now i only train train legs once a week instead. okay so you basically so, just drop one leg day but you're still doing yeah. once a week yeah and that was because uh after after my comp my own kind of self assess assessment was that my legs had grew really really well uh but my upper body could have used could use a little bit more work like i feel i feel like my 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 upper body is actually lagging a little bit behind the lower so i felt all right well we can we can sort of condense legs into one big 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 day like yes. on a saturday or a or a sunday and the uh critique post comp for, for me was a wider back and bigger arms so that allows for an extra kind of back back day and a bit of bit of extra arms sprinkled throughout the week too beautiful and yeah. do you chop and change workouts just to change up a little bit um just to try something different like do you do a full body workout every now and then just to really shock the system um anything like that no i, I don't like upper like upper body I don't like upper lower sessions. I, I don't like training any more than than two muscles per session. Like I I don't like doing a back chest and shoulder day. Like I just find like I can't get into a groove and I can't get that get that sort of focus down yes. down on on 
uh, on that one uh, muscle group or, you know, two. Um, so generally no, and I'm generally sticking with the same program for at least sort of four-ish weeks that I want to try and progress as much as I can. Yes. But even after those four, I don't change the entire thing. It's usually one or two exercises I'll take out. Maybe it was something that I wasn't feeling feeling that sort of great on but if but if something is is going well and i keep on progressing on it every week i try to milk that as much as i can correct if something's yep. you stick if to something's what works working. i suppose yeah yeah how about changing the so you're saying that you don't vary too much how about ever changing the order of say a workout so like for example if it's chest day um instead of going and doing your dumbbell i uh, doing dumbbell chest press first yep. you're doing flies first like yep. do you ever change the order so it's still essentially the same exercises the same movements in a workout you've just changed the order have you ever done that before yes yes so i'm i'm actually running that that now where i'm actually starting my workout with an isolation movement and doing that sort of heavier compound exercise exercise second you can't obviously lift as heavy on the compound but you find but i'll find it's it's just a lot more it's the the target area is a lot more warm the sort of joints just feel a lot a lot better going into it so yes in 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 this particular block that i'm that i'm doing now uh i'm actually doing that yes like i'm doing an isolation exercise first and then this then the sort of compound movements so so for say chest i'm i'm doing a a a pec deck fly followed followed by by like a dumbbell that, that by by a um dumbbell press right yeah so heavy dumbbell press yeah now that we're in the off season um <clears throat> you're increasing the weights you're actually lifting even though you're, you're i guess the volume's less because it's the five days as opposed to the six but the yep. weight's going up now this obviously as well uh increases your susceptibility to injuries and that sort of stuff when you're lifting heavier there's always that possibility or greatened risk of injury um, any injuries have you ever had from the gym before? Uh, I've, uh, nothing that's significant enough to like put me out for weeks. Um, yes. I've, I've, I've definitely had sort of niggles where I've been out for maybe maximum four or five days, maybe. Um, yes. and that's generally my lower, my lower back. And that's generally, it comes through, through, uh, deadlifts and squats and, and yes, it, that does happen when you hit those kind of heavier, heavier weights. Yes. Um, but nothing that's ever sort of got me out of the gym com- completely because cause even when that, ha- when that happens, you can still train arms, you can still train chest, you can still do shoulders, you can still, you can still do lighter things around the place. You just obviously can't um, go as heavy and as, and as intense, but yes. um, yeah, but as, but as far as the injuries go, look, if you're adequately warmed up which i'm a massive advocate of which i never used to be but i am now uh warming up and i i don't progress the weight unless my form is perfect i don't i don't push the weight up every week if the week before i didn't feel safe doing it so if you're doing like yeah shoulder press you're not going to be putting any more weight or lifting heavier dumbbells if you're shaking and the ones you're doing right now because clearly that's not perfect form um 
Yeah, like funnily enough, you mentioned deadlift when you can get a few little tweaks and spasms in the back when doing it because you really need that straight back and arch it and proper form. It's funny how I've got a few mates that go to the gym and how many times that they've sort of injured themselves, not like a detrimental injury, but they've injured themselves. And funnily enough, the answer, I go, what did you do? I was was deadlifting. And it's funny, I guess just sometimes when you've got that – not ego, but as just a male, you got the testosterone, the adrenaline pumping in the gym. You must have had a, like a really good warm up. You thought, fuck it, I can put an extra few plates on this uh, barbell and, and see if I can deadlift this. And how many times it probably happens where you get an injury from that. But yeah, the deadlift is, I guess, one like a very important compound movement. Um, it, it really utilises a lot of muscle groups in that, um, especially the the legs and, and your back. Um, but yeah, it's also a high risk one as well if you're yeah. just going that extra step too far. You mentioned your warm ups. Um, you know, as we get older, we get wiser, and now you're really emphasizing a lot more on these warm ups. What do you do um, for your warm up? Because you're not a massive cardio guy. Like for me, for example, um, if I'm ever going to the gym for, you know, to do weights, I'll still do like a 1K run just to warm, warm me up, get the heart rate up a little bit, just get a little sweat. Um, I know I'm not even, even though I'm not exercising my legs per se, um, yeah. if it's like an upper body weight session, I'm still going for a jog. I don't know. I just feel good after that. That's, it warms the body, gets the blood pumping. Um, of course, you know, when I'm about to lift weights, I'll still do like a, uh, the air movements of moving the arms or whatever it is in the air, just so you're getting those, uh, muscle groups moving. What do you do? Um, so yeah, that, that that's 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 awesome that that you do that. Um, for specifically my leg sessions, it's 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 always about about five minutes on the um stairmaster to get everything warm, the knees, the quads, the hammies, get everything warmed, and just 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 as well to kind of prime your mindset as well to just kind of yeah you know get in the um zone, and and then as far as the actual the sort of physical warm-up it's always warming up my knees lower lower back hips core uh and then it's doing a few light squats a few light lunges and a few light hyper extensions yep yeah so it's generally a combination of all that a bit of a superset sort of circuit work and then for the upper body sessions it's basically just having a band and it's just warming up rotator cuffs always that's that's for arms shoulders back every like 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 for like for every upper body session i'm 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 always warming up the shoulders because shoulders are very prone Correct. to injuries very very prone uh and then i'll just generally I'll, my warm-up will be the exercise i start start with if i'm starting at say 50 odd kilos i'll start with 20 i'll do like a, a couple of reps, 30, a couple of reps, 40, and yes. then I'll just – so I'll warm up in the actual movement. Funnily That's enough, the, talking yeah. about the shoulders, um, I've got a story about last year. It was round one in the footy, so I play footy, and um, I got tackled and I landed on my arm. Now, I know the audio listeners can't hear, but I basically had my arm up. Um, I got tackled and I landed on the ground like that, and I just felt like a tweak in my shoulder, but it wasn't that bad. At the time, because of course, when you're playing, the adrenaline's there. Then after that, it was a bit sore. I'm like, fuck, what's going on here? Then the next, like a few days later, I went to the gym, was doing dumbbell chest press, and I every time I went re- like down on this yeah. side on my left arm, I could just feel this sharp pain in my shoulder. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? 
I trained with it for a few weeks, like probably like an idiot. And I'm like, ah, it's it's not recovering. Then I stopped doing chest for a couple of weeks, just doing other activities and stopped doing shoulders. I was just doing every other movement that you can do. Just thought I'd rest. And then I, I did it again, like in terms of I, I, I've exercised it. Um, playing footy was fine once I got it warm. But then once you're actually doing the isolation movements type of thing where you really put an extra strain, still sore. Then I went to a physio. I'm like, all right, let me just see what an expert can say. I got scans. Apparently, I had a, like a micro tear in my AC joint, but it's nothing to ever operate with. It's just one of those things where, you know, time is of the essence. You just need to really uh, rest up. Um, I said, look, I'm the type of guy, I feel lazy if I just sit on my ass doing nothing. I just want to do something, movement. I know like with my footy, I do the running, but I like to get a bit of strength here and there. He was telling me, like doing, give me a few exercises with light dumbbells, like doing this and doing that, but like not yep, going beyond and whatever. Yeah. And that's where the whole road, like I always see people in the gym on like cable machines, like really on like the first or second pin hole, like, you know, yeah. really lightweight, just doing rotator cuff. And I always used to think, what are you fucking wasting time with these lightweights? Mm. And then now like the physio is <laughs> like, you should probably warm that up. He goes, that's probably you know, before you ever do anything that incorporates the shoulder, do a rotator cuff exercise. Uh, he goes, even though it's light, it might feel easy. Just do it. It just gets the movement going and actually subconsciously strengthens it somewhat. Yeah. And, you know, funnily enough, then he was telling me, like, you can do all these movements that you're doing, like, you know, when it's chest press or dumbbells, but he's like, just like, for example, dumbbell, when you go up, that's fine, but don't go ever go down further than this, making that's sure that, that yeah. you know, it's a 90 degrees between, you know, your humerus bone and, like, you know, your side, all that sort of stuff. And it worked. Like, I did that for, you know, a good couple of months, um, doing all my rotator cuff warm-ups. And now, yeah, it's all it's all good to go. Um, if anything, it's, it feels back to normal, which is good. But it's one yeah. of those things. It's just to wait and ride it yeah. out and don't kill yourself. Yeah. And like you said there, your shoulder is incorporated in pretty much everything. It's incorporated in your back training, in your chest training, in your arm training. It's like when you're picking up a bag, like just anything, anything in life, Correct. like your, your shoulders are pretty pretty much involved in kind of everything. So yep. you, you want to try keep keep those as healthy as you can. And he also gave me a nice tip, and I used to do it every now and then as well, just to like crack my back a little bit. But I used to yeah. just do like dead hangs. Yeah. You know, you yeah, just basically yeah. grab, you know, like pull-up bars and you're just hanging just on your own body weight. Um, and just that was just giving good strength to the forearms, but also just used to because I mean it's very rarely that we have our shoulders directly up. Like it's not very yeah. common anymore. I guess we've all, I don't know if you believe in evolution, but we've evolved from the monkeys, and monkeys used to always do that, like hanging and climbing off trees, but yeah. we don't do that anymore. Like so actually doing that, a lot of people probably can't do that properly, but I Try to get into the gym, pull up uh, bars, just hang on them. Make sure you, if, if your feet can touch the floor or well, bend your knees so you don't. Yeah. Hang on them for 10, 20 seconds, however long you can go. I think it's good for your wrists. You can definitely feel it there. And also sometimes you can Relax feel it. Well. Stretch, yeah, yeah, down here. Um, and, of course, it's incorporating your shoulders as well because it's putting a slight strain on there. Gives them good yeah. straightness, good alignment. You can wiggle your hips a little bit if you want to get that little back crack in there as well. Um, so, yeah, a few little tips like that, and it really helped me out. Funnily enough, my my coach, the guy that actually uh, coached me for my prep, had me do that. Had me do three three sets of hangs, three three sessions a week. Like actually, yep. like he actually and 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 what about like, dead if, hangs or something like that? Dead dead hangs. But what what he actually um, had me doing was called a scapular pull up. So you kind of hang from it and you just pull your scapula up, but you don't pull your 
your whole sort of body up and it okay. just kind of warms up the lats and everything. And believe it or not, I think that made a huge difference by the start to the end to my actual posture. My posture looked a bit more straighter. Yes. And it just really looked good better on stage. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely something uh, through that for sure. So any any for the stoners out there, any tips and advice for avoiding injuries? Like, of course, you've got your warm-up regimens, but I've seen as well sometimes you wear knee wraps when you're doing squatting. Yeah. Like, does that – what's that for? Is that more psychological for you, you mentally, like so your knees don't give way, or does it provide some benefit? Like, what are your thoughts in that space? For me personally, it is psychological. Um, it's definitely just having something on my knees just makes them feel – uh, just makes them feel protected, whether that whether they are or not, I'm not I'm not sure. Um, and the other merit I found in them is because you you sweat when you train, it kind of keeps the knee joint warm. Uh, it just just that kind of yes. warmth around there just, there just makes it feel feel good. So for me, I don't know if it's actually doing anything, but it it psychologically does. Which if that works, then that then that works. Um, same same thing with an actual belt too. I don't think a belt does a lot, but I that sort of placebo effect where you sort of just feel, you just feel a bit safer with it yes. on. You feel a bit more stable, and if that's all that it is, but that helps you get that weight up, then that's fine. Then I'm going to take just another it. accessory as well. Yeah, makes you look cool. Does make you look cool. <laughs> especially <laughs> if you got a customized belt where you can probably get your name on there or yeah, I don't colors. Do that though. I don't think I don't think my personal opinion is I don't think you should get that and until you become a um, pro. Yeah, that's that's, that's just the big my own thing. Yes, that's you talk, I, like when you're saying pro, are you talking Olympia level or like just even slightly below that? No, no. If you're a pro in that federation that you've that you've done, yep. I think that that you can you can have that. But yeah, I just uh, I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly yeah. right. Um. All right, so that, yeah, I was just going to say, like, avoiding injury is massive because, especially with you, you can just tell the look in your eyes. You love the gym, the way you talk about it. Um, you know, it, you, you actually in, enjoy going there. It's fun. It's a pastime. It's a hobby. Um, and to ever injure yourself to, I guess, get to a point where you can't go, that would be detrimental. So, you know, making sure that you warm up, um, that you're stretched, you're ready to go, is probably putting yourself in the best possible. Uh, position you can and obviously I can vouch with that experience with my shoulder um, out there that yeah I mean I've always pretty much prioritized warming up because I feel like if you're warm you can always push yourself to the you know the maximum possible level you can at that point in time depending on what your fitness is or whatever you're actually doing um, how about in terms of warming up Obviously, you've got your injury protocols in, in terms of like what you do to avoid that. When it comes to the bulking shredding system, now I just want to change tack here, Michael. Yep. What are your thoughts on the bulking shredding? How, how, why don't like so? For example, me, right? I try to just maintain like a standard physique year round. Why don't bodybuilders do this? Is it because you just physically can't do that, or there is merit to bulking shredding? Because, of course, with shredding, for example, when you are losing weight, you probably lose a level of muscle as well, I'm guessing. Um, yep. But, yeah, tell me why bodybuilders bulk and shred as opposed to just maintain a decent yep. physique and dial in their diet year-round. I guess, put simply, uh, you, you 
you do a comp, you sort of come away with, uh, you know, feedback from 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 the actual judges. Uh, the bulking process of eating more and recovering more is going to allow you to put more size on in hopes that when you diet back down the next time, you're going to look somewhat somewhat better. All right. I think I think that's that's the very basic premise for it for an actual bodybuilder being at maintenance i feel like you're not really you, you're sort of not achieving anything because you're not getting stronger you're not getting more muscle and you're not dieting either it's just kind of this middle point which which i think i think bodybuilders are always just working towards something there's always going to be a comp for them c- coming up there's yes. always just going to be something i think for the everyday person i think i think a lot of everyday people do do maintain i think i think they're happy to to you know when they reach a certain physique um certain look they're happy to just park it and just just kind of hold it um i'm someone that in the off season i i do like to eat and i do find that the more calories you do eat obviously fuels the workouts a lot more and it just allows you to get stronger Yes. Um, so I'm, I, that's why I'm a fan of sort of increasing calories. I don't particularly like maintenance. Um, is, I, it hard, is it harder to gain weight? Sorry, is it hard to, harder to gain muscle during maintenance? Well, I kind of feel like you, it's very hard to, yes. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like you've, you're eating just enough to maintain your weight kind of okay. thing. So it, um, to me, I, I don't know. I, I just pref, prefer to have a goal of one or the other. Um, that that's my own personal approach, but that's because I'm still I'm still competing now. Perhaps when I'm a little older and I'm not competing anymore, yeah, I might be be ha- happy to just stay within one or within one or one or two kilos of a like of a certain certain look and be and be a lot more chilled about it. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I think that's your sort of very general answer. Okay, all right. So I understand that. So I've seen here on one of your Instagrams in on the fifth of October, twenty twenty-one, week twenty, you're eighty-eight point six kilos, pretty much as bulked as you can get. And oh, yeah. show morning, you're seventy-five <laughs> kilos, right? Yeah. So definitely, you know, enjoying the process and end result um, makes it a lot more satisfying. Transformation Tuesday hashtag that one there, hashtag. that was really good. Uh, I didn't actually like that photo, so I'll give that a like. Um, so yeah, really love the comparison there. Now you're clearly reverse dieting, which is not shredding you're bulking right um yep. in the off season so you're in that bulking phase how far do you go when it comes to bulking how much do you want to allow you how, like, how much do you want to allow yourself to blow out should i say like yeah uh, or bulk for a better term so for me personally so in the in that photo there i think it's the one i'm i'm thinking of uh it's that's about a 13 kilo difference i want to say it's about yep. 88 13.6 yeah, so I kind of like in the, the last couple of years, I like to stay around that. I'll I'll never go heavier than sort of that that weight. So what happens with me in my off season is if I ever hit that that weight fairly, like when I do hit that weight, say say it is say it is 85 or 86, and I feel like I'm getting a little fluffy, getting a little fat, I'll generally do like a short what's called mini cup where I'll basically drastically reduce calories. I'll drop back into a deficit for say six, six to eight, eight, eight weeks. Very, oh, wow. um, very sort of aggressive approach. And then I'll kind of start the reverse diet again. If that makes sense. Is that sense. hard? For me, no, because I, 
I like it, and it's and it, it for for the average person, I could say yes, that would be very 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 hard, but because that 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 mini cut period, that's not a s- sustainable approach. That's a very yes. quick get in get out kind of thing. That's a long get time in. though, Michael. Six to eight weeks. That's a long time for a. Cut. Well, I'm just saying that maybe it's maybe it's four, maybe it's six. It's 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 however long it is to just get those couple of kilos off. But but the goal of a mini cut shouldn't be to drop 13 kilos again. It should be to drop maybe four or five back. So you're just shaving a little bit back off again, and yep. then we start it start it again. That's that's generally what I do. So I I find I usually have to mini mini cut at certain certain points throughout the off the off season yes so if you're saying you're around the 85 to 86 getting a bit fluffy you do a yep. mini cut where do you want to get to after the mini cut back to 80 maybe, or? maybe around the 82 81 82 mark yep the, but yep. do you need that long to drop off four kilos can you do you have uh, to go into a calorie deficit for that can't you just go can't you just drop off 100 calories i don't think 100 would do much but you okay. you drop off enough to get in to get that weight off Okay. So I, yeah. I would I would gauge it week on week. Yeah. So like if like if like if I and you're and you're obviously weighing yourself daily as you've mentioned in previous podcasts. I always weigh myself daily. Yes. Yep. Yep. So like I might do a big drastic 500 calorie drop in the first first week and I'll drop one and a half two 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 kilos right just yeah. quick straight off straight off straight off the bat then I might I'm then I might just keep on riding riding that until my weight stalls. Then I'll then I'll drop further calories, yep. keep on riding that, drop it drop it again, and then when I'm when I'm happy, it's like all right, let's increase those those calories back up again. So that's really handy that you weigh yourself daily for what you do because then you know uh, once you've dropped off a few calories and that starts tapering off where you start becoming stagnant again with your weight, and you're like oh, mm-hmm. I have to drop off a few more calories to actually get drop off that extra bit of weight. Once you've gotten back to your desired say 80, 81, 82. Um, yep. Do you go back to those calories that you were originally on before you did this uh, quick cut, or do you just gradually increase them again? How does that all work? I gradually increase them again, so it's basically okay. another reverse diet kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just and a it's reverse just cycle that, all the that time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I yeah, I kind of you enjoy like it. it. A mini cut's a good way to see how your off season progress is actually going too, because you might be gaining all this weight if you drop back to a certain weight and you find that you don't look any different than you did at that certain weight last time you you, you might need to reass, reassess your sort of tr- training and your recovery and all this stuff because it's it's the mini cuts there to kind of just show you a little bit of what you've done in that off season so it's a good little gauge yeah exactly and in terms of your weight if you were ever to do maintenance what yep. weight would you be happy with because you're competing at 75 yeah, your biggest bulk, from what I can tell on what you've got on social media, is 88.6. Yep. Where, if you're just doing maintenance purely and simply for the love of working out, yeah, where would you like to see yourself in terms of your weight? Uh, probably around that 82, 80, yep. 80 to 82. And when yep. you're around that mark, yep. are you feeling good? Like feeling, yep. yep. Because I'm yep. saying any, any like around good. the 75s, you, you'd have to say that energy is pretty depleted, especially the muscle oh, mass sucks. that you have. It yeah. sucks. <laughs> Coffee's yeah, it not sucks. doing anything. Nah. Um, oh, sleep, sleep's probably but... hard because you're probably going to bed hungry sometimes. Yes. Yep. Yep. But um, around the, but I don't feel bad going above 82 either. Like to me, at that 88, like I don't have negative effects. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Like I don't, I, I don't get puffed, puffed, puffed out or anything. Like I'm. 
I'm never to that point where my bulk is kind of interfering with my day to day to day life. Do you never. feel stronger at that weight at 88? Yeah. yeah. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Because like, I mean, I've been heavier before, like compared to what I am now. And then you just feel stronger. You got to think you've got a little bit more fat sort of cushioning those kind of joints too. Yeah. those joints and it just it, it I guess there's just a, a level of you're feeling a bit more secure. Yep. Yeah, so that that's kind of what it is for me. There's a bit more sort of padding for lack of a better better term. <laughs> yeah, it is, especially like I mean depending on what you do. I I think the more weight you have you are, but then of course at the same time there's that threshold of diminishing returns where you go that one step too far. And then, you know, cardio starts dropping off or you're mm-hmm. not as agile as what you were and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um, just back to the injury thing, something popped in my head. Do you do yeah. warm-up sets? Uh, do yes. you, like, say, for example, a squat. Do you do a squat first with no weights on, just with the bar? Yep. yep. And do you ever do so one, one like, after that with just, like, say, 10 kilo plates each side, just a little 20 kilo one? Yep. So that example that I might have on my Instagram, if you have it open, of me doing a hack squat, I think I, th- I, th- I think there's a four- there might be a four plate hack squat, three plate hack squat. I think. Yep. See so that. with with that one particularly, I'll always do, I'll always do do like a set of set of ten without without weight, then a set of ten with one plate, and then yep. maybe a set of six with two, maybe a set of three three or three or four four reps with the uh, three with the three three plates, and then rip into the four. Yeah, I can just see here you did 155 kilos for six. So, uh, so you warm up. Do that twice, up, and then 120 kilos for 15. I find the warm up very key, but not to the point where it's going to take away from that working set. Correct. Your top top set. Just about so, to. Uh, just about to. Yeah. Mention, I'm like, because if you do too much of a warm up, even with a couple of light weights, sometimes that actually could uh, give a bit of fatigue to those muscles, and that's exactly what you don't want, because yep. you want obviously those that that biggest set. You want that to be. You want to. You want to be at your prime. For that. When I was younger, I used to do warm-up sets of sort of 15 reps, 16 reps, and then by the sort of fourth warm-up, you kind of almost got like a pump. You kind of almost yeah. working out already. Um, so yeah, it's 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 finding a good point of enough to enough to warm you up, but not enough to fatigue you ready for that big set. Correct. Yeah. Speaking about the pump, you know, you, you see some of these. Uh, Gym goals just go for a quick 30 minute flat out session just to get the pump. Now they're not doing the amount of sets or the amount of reps that a normal bodybuilder might do, but they're probably getting a better pump or if not the same pump in a short amount of time. Do you are you a subscriber of those quick little you know pump sessions? Because do you reckon you get any sort of benefit out of it, or is that just very short term, temporary, just to look a little bit swore at that given point in time? No, no. Look, I'm always a fan of doing something rather than nothing. I think, yes. I think, I think a half an hour pump session is better than no session at all. Oh, of course. Um, where, what I what I gauge a workout by? Yes, a pump. A pump is very. It's an important indication to know that you've hit the muscle correctly. Because Correct, if you're yeah. if you're training chest and you get a really good pump in your in your shoulders, but you don't feel anything in your like chest, you know that you should be 
that something's not right there. Like you, you know that you're not you're you're either not setting up right, you're either doing too much weight, and your shoulders are taken taken over. Maybe the bench is at the wrong height. Just things yes. like that. So a pump is a very good indication that you're hitting that correct muscle group. But I think I think a pump you can achieve that though by eating like you could you could go into the gym the the morning after you've had a um a um uh, like an ice cream and a free pizza right and i guarantee guarantee you through all those extra carbs through all that extra salt you will get a massive massive pump but that's not really that doesn't really translate to a good workout to me a good workout is if you've pro- progressed from the last week's workout yes. So have you done the same or have you done more than what you last did? Yeah. So if you do the same, reps, then you haven't gone backwards. If you've done no. more than you've progressed and you've improved. Correct. But there's different forms of progression as well. And I mean, we're going off sort of the topic now, but yeah, um, that's okay. you know, it's not always reps and weight. It might be you did, you did a set, a set of 10 last, last week. Now you're doing a set of 10, but you're moving it a lot more controlled. You're, you're sort of, um, you're even doing like a one, like a once one second pause. Um, you know, there, there's other ways to kind of progress than just weights and reps. Yeah. Like just, for example, yeah. same, could be same wet, uh, reps, weights, sets, but just slower decline movements. Yeah, yeah. Control or right. just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah completely understand um just to finish off here so thank you very much once again for joining the podcast um and of course everyone making sure that they're following you on instagram at mickey underscore c92 some good content on there um actually i have one question but before i do you're doing a lot of meal prep at the moment what's your favorite meal that you're prepping and it looks like you're doing a lot of it um yourself which is always nice i'm a big advocate for home cooking there's nothing wrong going out for it to eat but i love cooking at home personally and i think there's nothing better than home cooked food what's your favorite meal that you prep like is it pasta and um some (laughs) pumpkin and sweet potato there is it it rice and mincemeat is it chicken and rice the old bodybuilding staple like what, what do you actually love to eat so chicken and rice is what I always go back to. To me, it just tastes nice. It's it's easily digestible, and it's and it's a meal that I can eat a lot of, and I don't get I don't get stuffed, I don't get bloated, I don't get sick. Like it just it it, it just works well. It's it's a really really good good meal. Good I do try and, as well in that. Perfect. Yes. In the off season, I do try to diversify a, a, a little bit, like you'd see on um on the Instagram there. Uh, I do try and change it up a little bit, but off, more often than not, I go back to the to the old chicken chicken and rice sort of every every week. Um, and I just usually use a different seasoning on my um, chicken every week, so uh, at right. least change it, it change something up a bit. different. Yeah, and as uh, 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 like and as far as vegetables go, you would obviously know this that my dad works at the uh, the LA produce market so it's basically yes. whatever he brings over that's what i use in my meal preps for that week beautiful uh can't beat fresh uh, quality vegetables absolutely um, yep i mean of course yeah you you might incorporate the older uh, broccoli and sweet potato in there some some good carbohydrates um, and and good fiber as well um you need a bit of greenery in there diet i love eating a salad i probably have one every day i don't know i just get this thing yeah. where I love the crunch of a good salad. Luckily enough for me as well, I live in a market gardening area in South Australia. So, you know, you always, especially with family friends, um, you're always swapping one line of produce for another. And then after a while, you've got 
cucumbers, tomatoes, capsicums, lettuce, spinach, whatever it is. And just when you've got it so fresh, I mean, whether you're carnivore or vegan, who cares what you do? Like I'm mm. just all about balance. Um, I just love a good crunchy salad. And I just feel so yep. good after that. And I'm not saying, and I'm not advocating that's what you should do, have a salad a day, but that's what works for me. Um, and I think you should apply that in everyday life. Like if going to the gym every day works for you, whether it's just, you know, only 20 or 30 minutes, do that. If, you know, eating only steaks works for you, well, then just do that. I mean, everybody's different. So um, yep. it's one of those things. Now, I kind of I just have a sort of quick rule of thumb. I sort of like to get about 500 grams of veg a day. So it's generally like five servings. Um, so that's generally my rule of thumb, that and at least two two servings of fruit a day. That's just yep. so, sort of my rule of thumb. But that's anyway, basically your five and two, which is the older. Which is remember, that's they, they used to pump it to yeah. us in school, yeah. remember? The older. Exactly right. And, yep. and it, you know what? It's not bad education. Good, good gauge, yeah. Some of the food groups that they used to advocate back then, probably um, not great. <laughs> no. Like, but still, the five and two was always good. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, they I guess back then with the technology that they had, the science where, you know, they were saying eggs were bad, high in cholesterol. Yeah. But now, you know, the science is saying that, yes, still high in cholesterol, but high in good cholesterol. cholesterol. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, a lot definitely of people come around. Yeah, we definitely have. And now it's a lot. I'm, I'm really glad that um, everyone's a lot more protein aware, um, how protein yeah. is good for you. Uh, it's good for actual weight loss, good for, you know, maintaining or increasing uh, muscle. Um, yeah. And all the benefits that it actually has. But anyway, what I wanted to get to, and I think we should finish mm-hmm. it off. Yep. You're a natural bodybuilder, Michael. So you've given oh, me your take <laughs> of off-season, right? Yep. Your types of workouts, if that changes, which it really doesn't, just you've just dropped off a day. How you reverse dieting, where you're still eating pretty much the same foods, but the volume's going up. Um, you might change the seasoning from week in to week out. Um, the bulking shredding system. How does all of this work when it comes to someone who's on performance-enhancing drugs? So someone that's, uh, you know, um, on the roids, uh, you know, one of those gym junkies that's on the juice, what do they do when it comes to off-season? Do they get off? Um, Obviously, you know, it's not not a secret, but, you know, there's a lot of bodybuilders out there, especially in those um, Mr. Olympia and all that sort of stuff where they're definitely on performance enhancing drugs. They're on a cycle. I don't know. Is it a 10 week cycle, whatever it is, injecting a meal of testosterone. I don't know what type it is. Um, but anyway, like what would they do in terms of what you've just told me, but also in regards to their injectables? I I guess, um, man, this is, it's going to vary so much from obviously person, person to person. I think, I think on that professional level the advice would be uh very very good like you would you would have doctors like the the awareness around it i think you would have sort of very very good good people around you to tell you how long you're on for how long you got to come off for yes and this and this and that generally a bodybuilder at that level um they would want to they they would probably ramp up their use going into the comp then afterwards i don't think any 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 of them would have an issue coming off of it because it would make them feel a lot better i would assume a lot healthier and it's not like they kind of have to maintain a good look like a that same look year year round because it's yes. kind of their sort of job so i mean they're getting paid regardless so 
to them, I, th- I think that's generally how how it would work. You know, you'd ramp it up and you'd slowly c- come off. And I think, I think in the off season you'd probably just sort of cruise. I think, I think, I think, I think that's what they call it. Like it's sort of like a cruised dose where it's just a kind of maintenance level. Yes. Um. So yes, I think that's how how it would work for a pro. Uh, for an amateur, I think this could be. This is where it's really dependent. Like I think. You, you can have guys that are sort of abuse it and they try to sort of ramp it up while they're younger to achieve the results as fast as they can kind of thing. Yep. But then you, but then you have these well, edu, well, edu, educated people where they might do it in, con, con, in conjunction with sort of doctors and people that actually know a little bit more and they are sort of taking a little bit more of a, it's, it's definitely not safe, but maybe a safer approach. Yes. Um, but as far as what I know as to what they would do with their training, with their with their dieting, the very very good bodybuilders would do exactly the same as what I just said. They would maintain. Do you model, do you model what you do? Yep. From what like to what the athletes like the, what the professionals are doing? Yeah, absolutely. They 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 they're professional for like a reason. Like they yes. they you know what they've done to get there. They weren't on steroids their entire entire life. What they've done to build that sort of foundation is what I'm doing now. Um, and you can spot the very good bodybuilders because they're the ones that kind of are consistent with their meals. They're consistent with their like, tr- training year round. You will notice the ones that are not, the ones that are just eating junk and not training consistently. They don't have that same look. They they're, no. they they are bigger, but they're kind of a little bit softer. They're a little bit rounder. They've got a little bit more acne on them. They're perhaps just not... Uh, n- yeah, I, th- I think it's the consistency of it. But I think just in sort of c- closing this off, I think the awareness in the last 10 years, the education around PED use has become a lot better. Like people know know better um, yeah. and they – Getting and, a lot more medical advice. Yes, majority yeah. of people are doing it the right way. There, there, there are prob- 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 probably a lot more people doing it nowadays than 10 than 10 years ago but i think majority of them are doing it in a safe in the safest way possible yeah correct. through through doc doctors and things so yep. and, that's and i'm not favorite. a i'm not a massive bodybuilding expert but you know you can appreciate like a good physique when you see one and you're right no calorie like calories are calories but there's different types of quality calories that you can have like you can still have the same amount of protein and calories eating zinger fillets from kfc right and you yep. can meet all your macro marks doing eating rubbish like that. Or you can do what you do, where you probably have a lot more volume because they're not as calorie dense. But then if you compared someone with same regimen in terms of working out, but then the diets are different, you can just actually tell. And the preparation is different. Even though you've actually hit all the metrics and all the marks the same, it just one looks a bit better than the other. One's a bit tighter yeah. than the other. Um, and I think, And I think as well sort of the main – one of the main advantages that a PED user would have is their recovery would be a lot better. Yes. Which would allow them to train a lot harder, a lot more frequently. And it's kind of just that, that cycle, pun, pun intended, is kind of going to, it's that's, that's what's going to help them too, is that recovery factor. You know, they, they could probably, probably go in and do 30 plus sets per, per session and sort of feel okay in, in, in three or, three or three or four days whereas yep. a natural lifter if they did that exact workout we would we would be sore for a for for a week yeah so exactly um yeah
exercise to your own means, I suppose. Um, yeah. And to yeah. what your body can obviously handle. And obviously bearing in mind that it's not a short-term thing. It's about what can you do to not only better yourself, but be able to get into the gym tomorrow and the day after that. Um, yeah. And it's a long-term thing. And as you said before, the professionals are professionals for a reason. It's because they take it seriously. But also, most importantly, with this, and I can see with what you do, it's a lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. it's the way you like to live and it's the, the things that you like to do. You take it seriously enough where it's not getting in the way of your you know day-to-day activities because you enjoy doing this. So I think that's yep. the thing that people need to find in their life at some point is to find your passion and just to really enjoy it because whether it's actually work or not, um, if you really enjoy doing something, then it's not a burden on you whatsoever. Yep, absolutely. Mm. Michael, thank you very much. Part three, just as good as the first two. I really enjoyed it. Um, This is a side of bodybuilding that you probably don't hear as much because it's all about, you know, the meal prep and the cutting and the regimens and, you know, the 20 weeks out from competition. But then it's like, what happens after a competition? We always see magazines of all these bodybuilders or things on the internet of, you know, really close to being uh, going to comp or at comp when they're looking, you know, sublime. But then obviously... It's the other side of it as well, like what happens in the bulking phase. So I'm glad that we covered a fair bit here today. Um, we really enjoyed it. We could, we could. Sorry, I'll just, I'll just run, run, run through this very, very quickly. This is a very, very, very good um, point. It's, it's you, you'll see, you notice in the very olden, olden days, people used to take bulking a lot more seriously. They used to yes. get really heavy, really into it. Nowadays, because social media and sponsors and things, people need to look better year round yeah and i think that that's that's something i didn't mention here but that's probably why you don't see people talking about the off season as much it's probably why you don't see people getting that higher level of fat anymore because it's it's for social media now a lot more people want Correct. to show photos and they're you know let's just be real here like you're probably not going to get a ton of f- f- followers if you're looking a little bit fluffy as opposed oh, to lean not, no. and, so or you can just um, do photo just shoots and just keep gradually posting yeah. them slowly slowly week after That's week yeah yeah that's <laughs> probably a, a common bodybuilder trick anyway yes anyway sorry carry on I'll no that's it michael that thank one. you very much i'm no sure worries. in the next few months we're going to catch up again um to do i wouldn't say part four i think we would just pick something completely left field but something in the space of uh, lifting weights and bodybuilding um yep. just something that i'm interested in but uh, also looking forward to the DMs that I might get from this episode just to see what they liked, what they didn't. And then if there's any topics that people are interested in, well, who better to ask than someone that's actually competed, someone that's actually natural and someone that, you know, has a love and passion for it than you yourself. So yep. um, thank you very much for your time. Um, and just a reminder to everyone, uh, if you want to follow him on Instagram, and I really recommend it because he's, you know, frequently putting up a lot of stories, whether it's um, meal preps, uh, bowls of cereal that he loves to eat, um, you know, Flex Fridays or Transformation Tuesdays. It's at Mickey underscore C92. Um, good quality. Great bloke. Once again, Michael, thank you very much. Nah, thank you. Appreciate it. That was that was awesome. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Stoners, thank you very much for listening to today's episode. Before you go, please follow Turning Stones Podcast on Instagram at and Twitter. Our handle is at Turnstones Pod. Of course, 
follow us on all the podcasting platforms that you use, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or anything else. And make sure you give a five-star review. And on top of it all, can you please share the podcast on any social media platform? It'll be very much appreciated. I hope you have a great day. Stay safe. See you next time, stoners.